Welcome to Summer Bays, the unofficial home and away podcast brought to you by Clara Kavner, where I take a weekly look at the trials and those big old tribulations of Australia's most beloved surfer town, Summer Bay. Each week I do a deep dive into the week's events and discuss dilemmas our characters are remarkably good at finding themselves in, like Leah and Justin's latest obsessions, and was Mac right to fire Chloe? Get ready to feel closer each day to home and away. Now, before I get started, just want to let you know that this is a no-spoiler podcast. I don't look ahead, even watch those little episode teasers or read episode descriptions. None of that. It makes the show so much better. I suggest you do it with Home and Away or any TV show you watch. It's a total game changer. So in the Morgan household this week, bit of an annoying one with Leah and Justin. I, I just, Leah, so they're both going down these obsession paths and they're doing it independently of one another. So you've Justin trying to manage his pain and then his frustration over Leah's obsession to find Susie and his also subsequent neglect because she's not paying any attention to him and he's managing this by self-medicating with all these painkillers and I feel like they've been planting this seed for a little while and it's only getting worse now especially after he's double dosed and I'm relieved that he's told Leah what's gone on but it seems like it's really affected his moods he's very irritable he's shouting at Leah all the time And I just don't know if Leah wasn't so bloody annoyingly obsessed with finding Susie. And she's so stubborn about it. It's really, I know Leah gets like this all the time, but it's just really annoying. Um, And she's like a dog with a bone and like shouting at John, pressuring John, not listening to Alf and Rue to be like, will you leave the poor man alone? He's selling his house are you such turmoil over the whole Susie thing? Can you not just let it go? Just because it's your obsession doesn't mean that it has to be John's. And I just find it like, you've. I just find it so annoying when Justin is there going like, please don't do it, please don't do it. And she's like, yeah, yeah, next. She won't have, she bar- she's barely engaged in their dinners. She's so distracted all the time. Anytime her phone goes off, they literally go and have the ride and then she comes in and she's like back on the forums. Like nothing can derail Leah from this quest to find Susie and it's so, oh, so relentless and annoying and it's just like, oh, just let it go. And I know she's saying stuff like we have to bring Susie to justice to bring, to give us closure. But to what detriment? You're not, She she's kind of has the end goal so in focus that she can't see what's happening around her and then meanwhile Justin can pop all the pills he wants and Leah's never going to notice and it's really annoying and you feel really bad for Justin because she's not even that apologetic about it and he's there trying to communicate with her and talk to her and be like where's my girlfriend where's my life partner and she's like I hadn't even noticed it got dark and I just I could honestly not live like that. I don't know how Justin is doing it. So not that I think that Lee is the reason as to why he's popping all these pills. But I do think it wouldn't have gotten this bad if Leah was paying more attention. So it's kind of this like perfect distraction for Justin to then have this dependency on 
the drugs. And it's in his family. We all know Brody got addicted to crystal meth. Um, so addiction is there. It's in the Morgan blood. And Tori and Christian are a bit absent this week because of Christian's recovering from his uh, the attempt uh, Lewis's attempted murder so they're very distracted in their own way so it's kind of this, this perfect storm for Justin to carry on like this so they're, we're still very much feeling the effects of Susie's wake and I don't know how on top of it Leah's going to be because she's so distracted by by catching Susie and when Leah was saying your medications are wrong we need to fix it with the doctor like you shouldn't be feeling like this blah 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 almost like pestering and like pushing again and then you get this big reaction out of Justin because that turns out that's a side effect of taking too many painkillers so I don't know it just feels like this is a whole recipe for this addiction to really take hold now and so we'll see where it goes so next up is Mac what a new side we're seeing to Mackenzie Booth, I must say. I, so at the end of last week, it was Ziggy complaining that she had to go back and mind Mac and like leave her boyfriend and the fun and the Pradas to be like sit in a room with Mac or like sit in the te- TV room while Mac is in her bedroom and ba- basically babysit. Then it kind of gets revealed that that Mac is questioning all about Ari and Mia and what are they doing and what's going on and da, 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 which is probably exhausting for Ziggy. But I just think they're doing a great job babysitting her and Dean. But when Ziggy gave the tough love, I was a bit annoyed by that because Ziggy goes like, oh, I've done everything. I've done everything for you and you're still not better. And I just feel like you can't really have an impatience with somebody who's like this. All this has happened within two weeks and you're and you're kind of annoyed that the person is still dealing with it and that like, hey, why haven't I fixed you yet? And that kind of annoyed me. But weirdly, that the, the tough love seemed to work and Mackenzie seemed like she was taking the reins back control and... <laughs> this meant oh yeah I've got a great idea I'll just fire Chloe so what a predicament to put Ryder in follow the instructions fire Chloe and get your promotion so it's I firstly I love how Ryder confided in Alf that was great and I, I love how Alf didn't explicitly tell him what to do Mackenzie was obviously very wrong in asking Ryder to do this and she also didn't know that they were dating so I don't think I really don't think she would have asked him to fire her had she had known that so I don't know why Ryder never said do that I think Ryder thinks that he's seeing her true colours and like why would you treat somebody like that it's pretty bad so I think I'm not gonna say I felt sorry for Chloe but it's just such a like you look like such a mug it's like, oh, I'm going to ask for this function manager position and I'm really loving my job and it's so great we could spend so much time together. And then, meanwhile, Ryder's like, oh, I'm going to fire you. So I think if I was Ryder, I would have told, like what Ryder, I think what Ryder should have done was told her what was going to happen and then let Chloe quit rather than just putting it on the long finger and trying to figure it out because it really did blow up in his face when he found out. 
I also love how Grumps comes in and he goes, Mackenzie, keep my grandson out of your private life. And I think that kind of is it in a nutshell. Don't ask him to do your dirty work. If you want to fire him, like obviously Mackenzie didn't want to fire Chloe herself because it'll make the Prada thing more obvious. But I don't blame Mackenzie for not wanting Chloe there. It's like such a reminder you're paying, you're paying her. Like I actually do think I think it's fair for her not to have wanted Chloe to work there, but I just don't think it was very fair the way she went about it. So we have to kind of let Mac do, it's a small town, so you kind of have to let Mac have her palate cleanse. Like Ari and Mia shouldn't have been showing up at the restaurant last week. So having Chloe around all the time probably isn't helping Mac. So, you know, she's every right to create some boundaries. Now, it was done with zero to no morals, but still, the ripple effect that this causes, so every, when everyone starts finding out, be it Dean, Ziggy, Mia, the more people say it to Mackenzie that she shouldn't have done it, the more she sticks her heels in, stuck in the mud. She will absolutely not back down now and that decision is final. So she's not going to, I think she's too proud. I think it laments her decision even further. So there's not a hope that Chloe's getting that job back. And and Chloe's obsession over not getting it, I just think, like, obviously you'd be really upset and want to know why. And it came so out of the blue and blah, blah, blah. And I know Mia is just being protective over Chloe. I get that. But marching in to Salt to give out to Mackenzie about this. Oh, I just think so foolish, Mia. Why would you bother? Like, it's the first day of your new job. Would you just leave? Just focus on that for once. And this whole squaring up between me and Mac was, I was so on team Mackenzie. Because I'm just like, Mia knows what this woman has been through. So does Ari. And I know what Mac did was out of line, but just kind of, and I and I know she probably feels like she has to stand up for her daughter. But like, I just was like, no, Mackenzie, I'm 100% backing you. Don't march into her restaurant to give out to her. And she's like, do not take out your heartbreak on my daughter. Daughter. And then when Mackenzie was like, get out. So I just think it's drawn, dramatically, drawn a massive line between Mackenzie and the Paradas. And I just think the more distance, the better. Just leave her alone. Let her grieve. You guys have gotten your happy ending. Mackenzie's left on her own in, as she called it, hell. Just leave her off. I just don't, don't get it. But then what I'm worried about is... So Chloe's reaction has obviously been huge. The way she got angry at Ryder was like, what? what? I was so confused. I don't know how Ryder dealt with that. So she's mad at him for not giving her the heads up, which is fine. She's like, I expect more. You could have, should have had my back. But that's really innocently what Ryder was trying to do. And then when Ryder thinks that he's standing up for Chloe and then he's like, no, you can't treat people like that. I'm going to quit tells Chloe and Chloe's like how dare you quit I'm storming off poor Ryder I was just as baffled as he was like tell me what you want it's like I can't explain it to you it's like what what and the fact that all she wanted was just an apology which luckily Rue helped me and Ryder figure out it's just like oh my god okay she didn't allude to that she was just kind of like why can't you understand why I'm upset it was very confusing and just classic Chloe behavior 
But then I suppose it's a bit of a happy ending because then they get the ride. Because they were st- like with that whole thing of like when when Ryder wasn't telling her uh, what was going on. She was like, oh, was I too pushy about like coming back to mine again, looking like a bit of a mug. But I thought that they were going to be this like little virgin couple, like goody two shoes type or something. I don't know. And then now they seem to have been getting a bit more saucy. So like, it's just funny how that turned around for Ryder. So I'm in a way for him, I'm delighted. But yeah, Chloe is a Rubik's Cube. I do love a good function, I must say. We haven't had a community event in a while, so it was nice to to have the surf comp, the fact that it went ahead, like two fingers up to Susie. And there was real like excitement around it, loved it. I loved how <laughs> I loved how Maz went mad as a marshal and like <laughs> they had to hide her whistle. <laughs> so funny. So power mad. I love that for Marilyn. I just think she needs, you know, it's fun to see her crack the whip sometimes because, you know, she can be so airy, fairy and flighty sometimes. So that was really fun. Jai made a cute little sign for Dean, which was gorgeous. I found the, the bit about Irene entertaining that gold sponsor, Gus. I found that really random because he, your man ended up being well weirdly fancying Irene because there seemed to be a bit of an age difference there and he was kind of playing this slob but he didn't really look like a slob and then he was like threatening to sue he was the main person threatening to sue them but then just goes oh yeah well the donation is just a tax write-off like I don't get it and then then he gets the hots for Irene and then he was like giving out about John and then John overhears and then Irene has to like stand up to him like regardless of the fact that he's like this big sponsor and kind of puts him back in back in his place I just I didn't really see the point in that because there was no the outcome I suppose was just like a sarky townsperson being knocked back into shape by um by Irene yeah I don't know I don't know I don't really get it um and then so when Dean and Ziggy win, I really thought, firstly, I don't know enough about surf comps that I thought it could be mixed and Ziggy would win and Dean wouldn't and Dean wouldn't get to go to movie world. And I was like, oh, no, I just really thought that that was going to happen the whole time. So luckily it's divided by to, into men and women. So that was a relief. And then I thought, I was like, oh, I bet you Ziggy's going to take the prize and then Amber's going to be all annoyed. Blah, blah, So I'm just, I'm so relieved that they both won and they won their se- separate prizes. And so that was a weight off. And I just really, you know, only you think it's going somewhere and you're like, no, 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 no. And then it didn't. But it was a great day for John. You know, he's rebuilt the trust. He's done all his work. He's everyone back to his for more sausages. And I don't understand, though, why he's taking the full responsibility. Because Susie's clearly done it to not only Summer Bay, to, like, hundreds of other people. So I I feel bad that John is trying to take full responsibility for everything that she did. Because it's like, it's not your fault, John. She fooled everyone. She even fooled that Gus guy. So, and, like, got everyone to sign up for sponsorship. So it's not really all John's fault. So he just needs to relax there. So Amber and Dean had a bit of a weird week because on one end of the scale, we have Dean and Amber 
talking, laughing, putting their kid to bed, taking him to school, doing all the like homely bits and Dean physically looking like he's he's so weird with a smile it's like it doesn't suit his face he's like oh my god I'm actually happy I forgot what this felt like I've got it all I'm living my dream so then why is Amber so bloody jealous it is crazy and like obviously there's a bit of truth to it and I'm not denying that but it's almost as if Amber's like creating it she can't just enjoy the happiness a little bit like I just think Dean is saying and talking all the right things. So so it just kind of seemed like she was creating a mountain out of Mohill. And she lets the love word slip and, you know, you're the best thing that ever happened to me. So they seem like they're in this really lovely love bubble. But then there's this seed of jealousy that is just getting bigger and bigger and bigger with Amber. And now she's almost looking and grabbing at things to, to legitimise how she's feeling. So, and I just think like, Dean and Ziggy aren't that long broken up. So would you not give him some time to get over that big love? And there's not, who's to say that you can't have that big love with him? And so when she's barging in on Mac, which is so funny, I love how much they hate each other. She's like, I don't have Willow, you're the best, you're the- <laughs> you'll do. I need some advice. But I just thought the way Mac, and like, and Mac is in no place to be giving love advice. Like, why are you going to Mac? Uh, when Mac's saying stuff like, Oh, well, just get used to being second best, emotionally even. Like, they're terrible words. And like, you guys don't exactly have a, li- a life-changing love. Like, that's terrible advice, terrible words. You know, like, Dina's talking about wanting to have a second kid with you. Come on. And But I did appreciate how much of an honest conversation they had about the whole love you word. Because just because Dean isn't there doesn't mean that he doesn't feel very strongly towards Amber. And, you know... He doesn't want to be anywhere else. He's building something with her. So just give it a bit of time. I just feel like it's been given no breathing room. Like they moved extremely fast and now, you know, it's it's being hurtled on even further. Yeah, so I don't think Amber's getting any reassurance from anyone around her who she asked for advice or Dean. But this suspicion of Dean and Ziggy is just, I think it's only snowballing, obviously. And you know, but like, I don't understand because she can see that Ziggy is so happy with Tane. The post-breakup friendship that Dean and Ziggy have, any new partner would be suspicious of how well your the exes get on. But they do have this Mac thing to bond over or to focus on or it's like a project. So it's kind of put them back on the friendship train a bit quicker than probably normal. They probably would have just kept their distance. But it's not good. There's no trust there, though. If Amber is taking Tane out for a sneaky drink and doing a bit of digging, doing a bit of uh, on the history, she's fishing around for how strong Tane and Ziggy are, and she's watching Dean watch Ziggy, and oh, and it, it's hard for her because she's like, does he look at me the way he looks at her? But at the same time, nobody was given any time to get over these relationships. They were together for so long. I think it's perfectly okay that he still has feelings for his ex. It's only been like, I don't know, months since they broke up or something. It's so short. Obviously, in home and away, it's like dog years, so they should be over. But then the problem where Amber goes too far is she starts to plant this, this 
this seed of doubt of hers has gone into Tane's brain now and she's planted that real good and then Tane's now like why haven't you guys broken up so like what it's so destructive and they just seem so solid like if this goes the way it looks like it's going Willow be so disappointed she's like you guys were supposed to be solid I'm literally for five seconds and now there's all this suspicion and not trusting and it's just like oh god so if they if they can do it for anyone just do it for Willow please stay together or Jai stay together with the kids I think they're good together I don't want them to break up and I think it's foolish to be that jealous it's understandable but you gotta give it time girl Well, that about wraps it up for me this week. If you want to get in touch, you can get me on Instagram at Summer Bay's Podcast. If you have time, I would love if you could subscribe, rate and review Summer Bay's, but zero pressure. G'day and I'll talk to you next week.